live for the Milwaukee Health Briefing. Our good friend, Dr. Ben Weston, is with us live on WTMJ. Dr. Weston, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me back. Hey, I wanted to ask you a series of questions related to the, the, the COVID shot. So over the weekend, I got the flu shot and the COVID booster. I got them both at the same time, and they uh, gave me one in one arm, one in the other arm. Is If you're going to get both, is it recommended you get both at the same time, or are there some, certain people that maybe shouldn't? How do you have that discussion? Yeah, so for, for COVID and flu, getting both at the same time is, is certainly uh, a major convenience. Uh, and there's no increase in side effects. It's been studied. Uh, no increase in side effects compared to just getting that COVID vaccine alone. Now, some people like to delay their flu shot until a bit later in the fall uh, just to get that longer protection in case of a later flu season. But for those vaccines, no problem uh, getting them together. RSV, a little bit different just because it's such a brand new vaccine. The recommendations often are still to space that one out a little bit just in case it interferes with that immune response from the others. So RSV a week or two before or after COVID and flu, but the other two are fine to get together. So RSV should, under the recommendation best practices, should not be combined with either flu or COVID at this point? Well, and the reason why is because we just haven't seen how the immune response is. It's not going to cause any damage. It just might be that your body isn't going to respond as well to the others and build up quite as much of an immune response. So I think that'll probably change. I think we'll see these vaccines bundled together once we've studied it a little more. But for now, I would say space your RSV vaccine out a week or two before or after the others. I remember the excitement, Dr. Weston, when there was talk about the COVID and flu vaccine maybe being combined into one shot. That hasn't happened for this season. What happened there? Is that still a possibility down the road? I think it's still a possibility. They just couldn't seem to get it together in time for for this season. But hopefully next year, uh, especially if we keep up this yearly cadence of the vaccine, I I think we'll probably see a combined shot. It would certainly be convenient uh, and minimize the number of pokes you have to get. Hey, Dr. Weston, switching gears here to talk about the boss, and not Dr. Raymond, but Bruce Springsteen. Uh, He's had his concert tour postponed because of a peptic ulcer disease. I'd never heard of this. What is this? Can you shed some light? Yeah, so, so we're talking about gastric ulcers, so a breakdown of the lining of your stomach. It's common, the, the two most common reasons why we used to think it was all due to stress, and that can play a role, um, but it seems to be the most common reasons are either infection, this bacteria called H. pylori, uh, or just use of NSAIDs, these medications like ibuprofen or naproxen. Um, those are the most typical things that cause the breakdown of the lining. Now, most folks don't even have symptoms or have minimal symptoms when they have this peptic ulcer disease. But when you do have symptoms, they can be uncomfortable. Uh, And they can, in some cases, cause more serious issues like bleeding or even perforation or creating a hole in your stomach. So really, if you have this chronic pain in your belly, it's a good reason to see your doctor, get it checked out. It may be a simple fix of just taking some antibiotics and feeling better. I mean, for him to postpone his whole tour, either it's more complicated or he's in a lot of pain. How is it typically treated and how fast can it be treated? I mean, he's canceled a lot of his tour for the rest of the year. Yeah, it can be quite uncomfortable. It depends how extensive the the ulcers are, and it depends what the cause of the ulcers are. Uh, Again, with the most common ones, it it would either be just antibiotics or stopping the medication that's causing it, like if you take a lot of ibuprofen or or things like that. So I don't know the details of why he has it, but certainly it's evidently uncomfortable enough that he's not able to perform. 
Dr. Ben Weston with us on WTMJ. I love this study. It found that fishing is good for men. Tell us what the study discovered. Well, John, I think just about anybody who's gone fishing can tell you what the benefits are of fishing without needing a study. But that said, it was studied, uh, and, and now we have a study to tell us. And so it says that, you know, when you fish on a regular basis, you have a lower risk of depression, a lower risk of anxiety, less suicidal thoughts, uh, and other mental health conditions. It reduced it overall by 17%. That's as good as many medications. And, in fact, the more you fish the better the results that you see. And so even if fishing isn't your thing, uh, you know, something else that improves your relaxation, your, whether it's mindfulness or meditation or whatnot, uh, but fishing seems to be a, a, a useful tool. How do you relax, Dr. Weston? What's at the top of the list? Well, I do enjoy fishing, although I'll say I don't get to go fishing uh, too often now. I think I enjoy uh, running and biking. Those are good ways for me to relax. You know, in, in interesting study here, Dr. Weston, about how short bursts of activity can help reduce cardiovascular d- disease. And we've talked, you know, about 20 minutes of, you know, just walking, running, something, whatever, swimming, anything to just sort of be active. But this short burst study, I think, is interesting because usually with that, you're talking about a much more elevated heart rate uh, and a more vigorous activity. Are, are there people who should be looking to do this? and perhaps should not be looking to do this? Right. So we t- I just mentioned running and biking. So we've, we've heard forever that you have to give 30 minutes of exercise X number of times a week. Now, don't get me wrong. That is still best practice. You're going to be in your best shape. You're going to be at your best health when you get regular prolonged exercise like that. But nonetheless, there's this study. It looked at 25,000 folks in the U.K., Uh, And it found that even a few minutes of physical activity a day, we're talking about walking for 10 minutes a day, decreased the risk of heart attack, of stroke, of premature death. So so who should do this? The people who get zero exercise during the day can find that time. You can find five or 10 minutes to walk around. But for the people who are getting their 30 minutes, I wouldn't take this as a sign that you should cut down. Keep doing what you're doing. um, But even a little bit of activity is better than none. All right, Dr. Weston, I also want to ask you about an ingredient in stevia, which may have been linked to heart attack and stroke. What do we know about that? Yeah, so stevia is one of these artificial sugars. There's a lot of different ones out there. Uh, we know that real sugar is, is bad for you, uh, but it turns out that artificial sugars may not be so great either. So uh, one of the ingredients in this erythritol, uh, it can actually cause clotting, blood clots, in people with diabetes or heart issues. So what's the take home here? I think it's that everything in moderation. Limit your sugar, certainly, uh, but also keep an eye on your artificial sugar. And certainly for folks who take in a large amount of artificial sweeteners, you're pounding the diet sodas throughout the day. Uh, you may want to cut back on that as well. Dr. Weston, typically we ask Dr. Amon about some good news uh, from the medical world or really anything in general for the week. Do you have some good news to share? It's awfully early in the week, we understand. I can give you some good news, sure. So this week, the Nobel Prize uh, was awarded to a Hungarian biochemist, an American doctor, who published an article, and we'll get, I'm getting somewhere here, back in 2005, about how mRNA, you see where I'm going, can provoke an immune response. Now, that article didn't get much attention at the time, but it led to the development of mRNA vaccines that we have today for COVID uh, and many other treatments that are being developed here, even drugs to fight cancer with mRNA. So... 
it's a good reminder, I think, number one, of the impact of science in our lives. Uh, and number two, a timely reminder to go out there, get that new COVID shot at your pharmacy. It's your best tool to keep your immune system healthy and avoid getting sick with COVID this season. That is good stuff. Dr. Ben Weston is the Chief Health Policy Advisor for Milwaukee County. Dr. Weston, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care.